Hello, and welcome to the Lisa Congdon Sessions, a podcast for creative folks about living and working with more intention, curiosity, and joy. I'm your host, Lisa Congdon. Hi, everyone. I am so thrilled to bring you my conversation with Morgan Harper Nichols. Morgan is an artist and a poet whose work is inspired by real-life stories, including her own. And most of you know Morgan from Instagram and the wonderful, heartfelt art, poetry, and writing she posts there to her nearly 2 million followers. As you will learn, Morgan spent the first couple of years of her professional life as a college admissions counselor. And then as a full-time touring singer-songwriter and musician. It was on the road that she cultivated her curiosity and passion for writing, art, and design, and slowly began to share her work online. As an artist, Morgan has collaborated with many brands and has published three incredible books. I'm lucky to know Morgan in real life, And I am so excited to share the magic of her mind and spirit with you in this episode. Morgan and I focus our conversation on the notion of wholeness, what it means to be whole, how to cultivate a feeling of wholeness, and how to show up as a whole person in your life and work. Let's welcome Morgan to the show. Morgan, it's so amazing to have you here on my podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, I'm so honored to be here. I I really am. I was looking forward to this all day. (laughs) Yay. Okay. So I know there is probably a lot of overlap in the people who follow me and follow you, but I am really excited for listeners who haven't been introduced to your work to learn more about you today. And for those who follow you, but maybe don't know much about you to learn more about you. I think you are a really phenomenal human being. And I have the pleasure of knowing you personally. Now we share the same agent and have spent some time together in person. And I can honestly say you embody in human real life form, all of the same beauty, Mm -hmm. vulnerability, and grace as you do online in your writing and art. So, oh, well, thank you. That oh, that means so much to hear. It really does. And I feel the exact same way about you. Oh, <laughs> so, thank you. Thank I just you. have to say that because it's true. I it, I really did feel that way. So that, that really means a lot to hear. It really does. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm just really thrilled to talk to you today. So this season of my podcast is all conversations with people I admire. And in each conversation, the guest and I choose a topic that is front of mind for that guest. And the last episode, I chatted with Sophie Gamond about the power of intention. And today, you and I are going to talk about something that you've been thinking about a lot lately, which is wholeness. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that topic, I would love for you to just share a little bit of your story about how you came to be a writer, a poet, and an artist, these things that you're sort of known for today. You also are a musician, but you started your post-college years as a college admissions counselor. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's start there. Like, And then how that kind of morphed into, you know, 10 years later where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. So I was creative my whole life, but for the longest time, I I didn't really see that as something as like a career that I would do. I was open to it, but you know, the how of that, I'm like, I don't know, like, <laughs> like sure be wonderful, but I have no idea how these people are doing all these things. So I didn't, I was just, when I graduated from college, it was actually my mom's suggestion. She was like, well, why don't you try to work at the college? And I was like, oh, that can be fun. So I ended up loving that actually. I loved working with students. I still do. It's just that age range that I I just love that experience so much. And I honestly saw myself being there forever. However, 
about a year after, year and a half after I started working there, the position I was working in was actually going to be transferring to a different part of the state because like the school is expanding and I'd have to like literally pack up and leave everything to go move. And I remember like sitting in the office with people who had been working there for two, three, four, five years, some even longer. And like, yeah, we're selling our house and we're relocating. And I'm just like, <laughs> I just graduated like five minutes ago. Like, I don't have the infrastructure to do that. So I didn't really have a plan B. I felt really good about my plan A. I was just like, okay, I don't know what to do. So at that time, I have a sister who's two years younger than me who had just signed a record deal and she was starting to tour and do music. And I recognize that can sound very glamorous, but back then it was just like, oh, okay, this is really cool. But she had like no team, like no infrastructure. I was like, okay, you're going on tour. So I actually just started doing stuff with my sister. And I just started like, I was like, hey, do you need some help? I mean, I did everything from like, singing background vocals to like signing up volunteers to help me with the show. I was like, whatever I can, I don't really have much else to do. So that ended up leading me into the music industry. Like I can honestly say, had it not been for my outgoing extroverted sister, I don't know if I ever would have been able to do very much of music. She just had that like, yeah, let's go tour, do things, hang out with people. So I really just sort of followed in my sister's path in that way. And through her, I was able to get exposed to the world of songwriting and songwriters who are not always performing artists, but they write songs. And I was like, oh, I would love to do that. So I, I kept touring and traveling and doing whatever I can. I was like, as long as I get to write songs, which I got to do. But after about, I want to say four or five years of that, it was a struggle financially. Like that was a thing that burnt me out. It was just impossible to like <laughs> make a living doing that. And I was just working so many different jobs in music. So that was fun. I mean, I got to sing a lot of background vocals for other artists, but there was this thing that was happening on the side, which was every now and then somebody would ask me like an upcoming artist or something. They're like, wow, like, your graphics are so cool. Like, can you help me with my album cover? Or can you, you know, help me with this lyric video? And I always love doing stuff like that. So in 2016, that was when I was like, well, maybe I can just focus on the art side of it. And it honestly felt in the beginning, it felt like a lesser version of what I was doing before, because I was like, I thought I was going to be a songwriter. I thought I'd figure that out. That didn't work out. And then I just started, I, there's this website called Fiverr. Some people may know it's like a freelancer website. I signed up for Fiverr. I was like designing like baseball logos for baseball blogs. Like I was just like, I guess this is just what I'm going to do now. And just to be honest, like it didn't feel that great at first. And financially it was a struggle. And then at the end of 2016, there's just a lot happening at the end of 2016. And I was just very stressed, burnt out, tired. And I got to a point where I just kind of just let it all out emotionally. And I felt like a failure. I felt like I had let my family down who've been really supportive. And my husband, Patrick, like he was working in construction at the time and like coming home in like the hailstorm. And I just felt really bad. I was like, wow, he's working so hard. And here I am like literally doing $5 logos. Like I just felt like... I felt like a failure and I just let it all out in a poem and that poem ended up going viral on Pinterest. <laughs> and for me, that was like the huge turning point of like, wow, okay, well, I guess a lot of other people deal with that feeling. And the poem starts with when you start to feel like things should happen better this year. And it was just like this moment where I felt like the just piles of rejection and disappointment just kind of piling on top of me. And it ended up coming out into a poem. And shortly after that, I was just like, I feel like there should be like little doodles with these poems. <laughs> and I just started adding more. And then kind of the Cliff Notes version, the last thing that really, like really changed it was when I got my first commission. I didn't even know what that was. Someone reached out and they were like, 
hey, I love what you're making. Can you design something for this retreat that I'm doing? And they told me about it. I was like, that sounds fun. They were like, what's your rate? I was like, oh, you're paying me. (laughs) So I was like, I got to do more than $5 this time. So I was like, $50. It felt like so much at the time. And they were like, of course. All right. Amazing. And (laughs) that was my first commission. I think the next one was like a baby shower. And then that was in, that was in 2017. And then I want to say that it was the beginning of 20, by the time I got to 2019, Coach Handbags had reached out for me to do a commission piece for like a whole organization that they were doing for their nonprofit sector. And I was just like, wow, okay, <laughs> I guess I am doing something here. And it just, yeah, ever since then, it's just, I feel like it's been like a, you know, slowly but surely adding more things like that. So yeah. Amazing. And I have so many questions. First of all, how did the folks you were working with in the music industry, how did they, how did they know to like your graphics? Like what, how Mm -hmm. were they seeing them? Were you posting things online or just drawing on your iPad and they happened to see like, (laughs) I mean, it's really just like the power of other people's opinion when you're an amateur artist Mm -hmm. can be so transformative, but unless people know that we're actually making drawings, you know, and, and other people see them that transformation can't happen, right? Like I've read so many places that part of what you love about being an artist is the joy that your work brings to other people. And I feel so similarly, but unless you share it, like nobody knows that it's there. So how did people know it was there? Yes. So or what it looked like? Oh, yeah. So I, and it's funny, because I now have more insight now as to how it happened. So I was diagnosed with autism a year ago, a little over a year ago. And now I'm like, oh, it makes so much sense. I was like obsessed, had a real special interest around like any kind of app that lets you edit photos. Like back then, I think it was probably Snapseed. I was like the the Snapseed expert. I could show you how to take any image and just like turn it into something new. So in a lot of ways, I would just, you know, I would I would just be sitting around sometimes just fiddling and just playing with graphics. And so I was like, what are you doing? Because you know, now we have so, so many tools, but back then smartphones were still relatively early. Social media was still new. So a lot of people knew this stuff existed, but I was that person who, who knew about all these little new apps. A lot of them aren't even around anymore. And I could, I could show you, I'm like, here, we just took this photo. Like, let's make the sky look this way. (laughs) Yeah. So like you're nerding out on something, which by the way, is like definitely you know, when you're sort of a neurodivergent person, like mm-hmm. nerding out on one thing in particular or two yes. particular things, yes. it's very common. And like that worked to your benefit, right? Like mm-hmm. people saw that you were nerding out on this thing and that you were pretty good at it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's so interesting. And then kind of fast forwarding, I I love that your work is really an outgrowth of your attention to your own inner life. Like The example of sort of sharing this poem about feeling like you had let other people down, that that was really what started your career is so beautiful because it's like you are constantly talking about your realizations and your epiphanies and you are practicing kind of radical kindness Uh to and ease with yourself, right? And, And you post those things on the internet and it's not like in the beginning when you first posted that poem, you were like, I'm going to do everybody a favor and be vulnerable about how I'm feeling. That probably never entered your mind, right? You were just being an artist expressing your angst about something. Mm -hmm. And yet in turn, you're giving other folks permission to practice radical kindness and ease with themselves, right? And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's sort of like the basis of your practice and what you do is it starts from your inner world. People always ask me, you know, I don't, I don't know what to make work about. I don't know what to say. I feel like I don't have anything to say. And we all have things to say because we're all experiencing Mm -hmm. pain and heartache, Mm -hmm. confusion. On the other end of the spectrum, we experience joy and Mm -hmm. revelations about things and growth. And really that is like, the fodder for everything we do. And I love your story because the sort of like the way in which you got out of, you know, being a starving artist was by just being yourself and like Mm -hmm. writing this poem and sharing it with the world. 
Yes, it is so, so wild how true that is. And it's just even good to reflect on today because this week in particular has been one of those weeks where I've been struggling with what do I say? What do I say? Because I'm you know, just recently deciding to become very public about my diagnosis. I also have ADHD and I talked about that for the first time publicly very recently. And it's, it never stops feeling, it never, never gets to the point where it's just easy and it just flows like, oh, this is where, like I, I recently published something that was very specific about autism, ADHD, and adulthood. And from the moment of conception to deciding the color, to choosing my palette, like everything all the way up to publish, it felt like a mountain climb. Like it felt like a, I was just, I'm like, I know this is who I am. I I feel good about even sharing this part of my story, but there's still this like, but is this like the real me that I should be sharing? There's still just all these questions and, and even just, you know, worrying, not so much worrying about, because I, (laughs) I don't really so much worry about what other people think all the time, but I do sometimes I do get very defensive. <laughs> like if people say rude things, like sometimes I worry about myself, like getting super passionate and being like, ah, and now I've spent an hour in an Instagram comment section. So sometimes I just worry about that. I'm like, oh, do I really want to go there? Do I really want to share this? And it never went away like <laughs> the whole time. And I think back to, you know, writing that poem and, and sharing that poem. It felt that way then. So Yeah, I find it to be interesting to me that the work that ends up connecting with people and resonating with people is often that thing where I'm kind of going back and forth. And I think that even without someone knowing that, they can sense that. They can sense that, oh, this isn't someone just trying to market to me or, you know, just say something, you know, to be clever or whatever. It's like they're just sharing from a true place. And that true place, a lot of times, is a lot of back and forth of like, oh, I want to share this, but I'm not sure I want to share this. And working through that kind of constantly, like, I know this is a podcast, but even as I'm saying, I'm noticing even my physical body is like swaying back and forth. <laughs> Cause I, I think that's a, I think that's a part of it. So, yeah. I love that. And I like that you're in it. And so I think what is resonating for so many people with you, and I think a lot of other people who share online is this sense of this person is actually sharing their true experience. And I read somewhere that you sometimes, you know, people sort of, I don't know if accuse is the right word or like criticize you for being repetitive Mm -hmm. and that you say, no, my work is intentionally repetitive. In fact, my work is really for me and (laughs) for anybody else for whom it it might help or resonate, right? It's not for everybody, but Mm -hmm. I need to remind myself of the same kinds of things over and over every single day. And I turn those Mm -hmm. reminders into poems and into pieces of art and into pieces of writing. And I, I think that owning and we're, and this is sort of leading me to this idea of wholeness, right? Like having your work sort of like reflect the wholeness of who you are, not just the parts that are happy or grateful or joyful, not just the parts that are critical or political or experiencing angst, but like the wholeness of who you are, which is somebody who hasn't figured it all out. Mm -hmm. Somebody who is nervous about posting stuff in real time and yet shows up and does it anyway. A person who, you know, is autistic and has ADHD and like, we are all, you know, what is that saying? I contain multitudes, right? Mm -hmm. Like we contain multitudes. We are not like, I think we're sort of raised to think of ourselves as being all good or all bad, right? Like this binary thinking or this part of myself is good and valuable, but this other part of myself is not right. Mm -hmm. And as opposed to thinking of ourselves as like whole people that are complex and, and that these things that we've been told are wrong with us, our entire life are actually just part of, you know, the beautiful part of who we are, right? Like Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be Morgan Harper Nichols if you weren't autistic. Yeah. Like that's part of what makes you an amazing human being, right? Yeah. So I want to hear more about 
how this notion of wholeness came up for you as something that you've been thinking a lot about lately. And if you had to define it for other people, what would you say? Yeah, it's, you know, I used to, the word wholeness, when I, when I heard it, I kind of, you know, kind of just even going back to what you were just saying about like, okay, there's these parts of me that I need to fix. I used to see wholeness as like a word that you would use to, to kind of describe something that's perfect almost, or as, as good as it can be. And I read this poem years ago by one of my favorite poets, Roka, and he talks about this concept of widening circles. And I just remember reading that for the first time. I was like, oh, I, I wonder if wholeness is less about like creating this one perfect circle of my life and everything that's happening. And I'm just constantly tinkering away to try to make it perfect. And, you know, obviously my art applies to that too, of like, how do I make this thing? And and more of like, oh, and, and the poem says, I live my life in widening circles that reach out across the world. And I was like, oh, my life is a whole bunch of circles. And every, every day I'm, I'm, even the 24 hour cycle, I'm making a circle and another circle and another circle. And that's wholeness. It's a lot of circles, a lot of them overlap. And then my favorite part of the poem, he says, I may not complete this last one, but I will give myself to it. And I just love that because it's like, well, you know, Sometimes I don't even complete the circle because I <laughs> I have ADHD. I'm like I start something and I'm like, oh yeah, let's try this whole thing. And then I get halfway through and it's like, oh, never mind, on to something new. And that's okay. You know, like I and I, I've been having I had a very clear big life change for me this year. I moved back to my home state, a place that I honestly never thought I would move back to. And in the last place I lived, Arizona, I love Arizona. (laughs) I wasn't trying to leave Arizona. However, it was just financially a lot. And, and, you know, obviously finances cause a lot of stress in a lot of other areas. So I was beginning to see how it was affecting my body, how it was affecting my, my mental health. And I was just like, okay, you know, looking at my family, like, okay, I think it's time to, to go back. And, that was a circle that I would have thought I never <laughs> would have completed. I would have thought those would have been those open ones. And what that's just taught me is that wholeness is so much about even just surprise and surprising myself with what I'm capable of giving myself into, in a sense. You know, I when I left, I was in my 20s. I was very discouraged, very burnt out by a lot of different things. And I was just like, I need to leave that behind me and never come back. And then I'm returning as a different person. And I was like, yeah, this is a this is a, a whole circle that's happening that I did not even think a year ago, I would not have thought I was equipped to make. And it's making me look at so many areas of my life of like, where have I been kind of selling myself short or, or saying like, I'm not capable of something I had another example like that this year. I've been applying to grad school and I had gone to grad school for one semester when I was working as a mission counselor, didn't get to finish because life was just too much going on. And I thought, like, I thought I had failed. I thought I had failed my semester because I just, in my mind, I was like, that was such, I did not give my all. The, the grading system wasn't like a formal, traditional, you know, A through F kind of thing. So I didn't really know. I just kind of left, let it be. I was like, I probably failed. And then I went and looked at my transcript and I had a 3.0 and I was like, okay, I didn't fail. Like where, where did I get that from? And I was like, oh, I know where I got that from. I got that from the shame and the guilt. I feel like, oh, you didn't do, you didn't reach the highest level. So surely you must have failed. But for me, wholeness is recognizing that there's a lot more room to see things in a new way and even see past experiences in a new way and take what I've learned there and apply it to what's to come. It's like you said earlier, I wrote this down. I've been writing so many things down as you've been talking. (laughs) I'm going to leave this behind. And often we say that when we feel shame or guilt or a sense of failure, I'm going to start over. And that's, that's fine. Like, I think I talk a lot about every day is a new beginning, right? Like you have the opportunity every day to start over. And certainly there are things that we do in our lives that 
we do need to move on from or that yeah. maybe weren't healthy. But all those things, those sort of negative experiences or things that cause negative emotions are part of the journey. Like we wouldn't be starting over if those things hadn't happened. Yeah. And often those things are gift. So in a way, it's like when we're talking about wholeness as a circle, you know, a lot of circles start with something that we want to move away from. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the moving away, you know, and then maybe when the circle's completed, if it ends up being completed, we come to a place of learning and peace with whatever the negative thing was that yeah. started us on the new path or the new journey. Another thing I love about what you're saying is that like, it's not just one circle, it's many circles. Right. Yeah. And I used to think all the time when I was, you know, I'm, 20 years older than you. So I, you know, I, when I, I say when I, when I was your age, you know, (laughs) I don't mean that at all in a patronizing way because you are an incredibly wise 32 year old. (laughs) But I, I remember thinking someday I'll arrive. And this was before I was even an artist, right? Like someday I'll find the perfect partner. Someday I'll find the perfect job or I'll feel a sense of peace And even when I began my creative career, it felt really overwhelming and stressful in the beginning. And I felt like a failure, a lot similar, similar to you. And I remember just always thinking like, someday I'll have it all figured out. And then I realized at some point, not even that long ago, it was probably five or six years ago, all of a sudden I woke up one day and I'm like, oh, I'm never going to, I'm never going to arrive at a place where everything feels whole and perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm always learning and growing, a new challenge is going to arise. I'm going to come to a new point in my career where the things that I wanted before become stressful, right? And I have to you yeah. know, start a new circle again. And I, I appreciate that analogy that you shared so much because it's helping me visualize it a little bit. And I think that's like one piece of advice I have for people out in the world is like recognizing that you're never going to arrive at a certain place where your life is perfect. And if you actually lean into the imperfections and messiness of your life Mm -hmm. and like love them and embrace them and give them space and consider them part of, you know, like the gift that is your life, the happier you will be, you know, not that happiness is even the goal. Right. Yeah. That's that's so true. And I, and I love that you, you brought up, like the visual aspect of it. Cause I'm like, you know, that's a lot of what we do is, is creating these visuals to sort of, you know, that tap into this deeper thing. And I've been really, so I have a three-year-old and I've been watching my three-year-old just draw and paint. And I'm so amazed by this, like, it's like, if I'm like, all right, let's draw a circle. Like he'll draw a circle, but he wants to draw another one and another one and another one, another, another one. I gave him some printer paper earlier today to draw something and I gave him two pieces, but he's like, that's not enough. Like he was already done in like 30 seconds. I just want to keep going and going. And I was like, wow, like he, he hasn't even learned the whole, like the confines of the page yet. Like to him, it's like, there's other pages. Like, why do I keep going? And I just, I'm like, oh, I want more of that in my life of just like, yeah, I explored this thing this year or in this season. And there's some other pages. Like, here we are. It's a new day. It's a new page. Let's see what we can do on it. So yeah, I've been, I've been trying to invite that into my life more. It's not, it's not, it's not perfect for sure. I I still have tons of moments where, you know. Well, I think this, this idea you brought up earlier about like, sometimes you don't complete the circle. Mm -hmm. Uh, The circle, I feel like always gets completed somehow, even if you stop the thing that you intended to do. And sometimes, you know, for a lot of people, it is an inability to stay focused on something, which again is just how, how it is for you. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you or that you need to fix yeah. that. And for other people, it's like discovering that the thing that they thought they wanted is not actually the, yeah. they don't actually enjoy it. Yeah. Right. One of the things I'm so grateful for in the last few years is this, uh, there are a lot of conversations around what brings you joy mm-hmm. and focusing on that. Because I think for so long in our culture, so much focus has been on you know, what's productive, what brings in money, mm-hmm. what makes you a responsible human being. Yeah. And not so much like, am I connected to 
my heart in this thing that I'm doing or questioning why I'm doing. Like I work with this coach and she, she doesn't necessarily use the word joy to say like, Lisa, does this bring you joy? Mm -hmm. But she really has gotten me to think about this question. Okay. So if I'm spending my day doing various things or my career doing various things, and I find myself not enjoying something or dreading something or parts of my day that maybe even used to bring me happiness and no longer do. I have to, or she's invited me to write down my reasons for doing that thing. And then the question becomes, do I like my reasons? Mm. I may not like the thing that I'm doing as a business owner, you know, I mean, there's just stuff we have to do (laughs) that's not in our skill set. That's why a lot of people quit creative careers because yeah, there's so much other stuff. There's yeah. admin. There's just a lot of stuff. And, you know, if you're lucky, you can hire somebody to work for you or, you know, do some of the things, but you still always, it's kind of mm-hmm. like never arriving. You're never going to, you still have to answer their questions. <laughs> that's right. You're never going to get to a place where you enjoy doing everything. Right. Mm-hmm. But do you like yeah. your reasons and really kind of like diving deeply into why you're doing what you do in your life. Yeah. And I feel like so many times people abandon things because they don't like their reasons and they don't like mm-hmm. to do it and they don't like why they're doing it. Yeah. But so often we blindly go through life continuing to perpetuate behavior and actions and relationships that aren't serving us. So talk a little bit about how you are or how you do focus on wholeness Mm -hmm. in your daily life. Like how, you know, so many people use the term broken to describe themselves or other people. Right. And I, Mm -hmm. I think that's in some ways, that's the opposite of, of wholeness to a lot of people. Like I am not whole because parts of me are broken. Right. But when you're focusing on like your career and your life and showing up every day, like how has focusing on wholeness helped you and how do you do that? Yes. Yes. So yeah, I definitely think, you know, brokenness is a good opposite word. Because one thing that happens with brokenness is fragmentation. And I realized that there's a lot of ways that my life that I think it's, I think I'm segmenting, but I'm actually fragmenting. So one example of that is there's been numerous times where having a toddler where I'll be like, oh, I need to work. You know, I, I need to create. I'm so behind. Like I, I have, I have an app, and I have to like have like a new series for the app every week. And I always do it at the last minute. Deadlines, <laughs> deadlines. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I push it so far, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, I just, I'm out of quiet time for the day, and I find myself getting frustrated. And what I'm doing is I try to like segment off, and I'm just like, okay, you know, I need help with childcare, whatever. But I've actually been doing something. I've recognized. I was like, you know what? When I actually sit down with a three-year-old, I get new ideas. <laughs> I was like, I get new creative ideas when we just sit there. There have been times where, you know, if I was delayed, like in traffic somewhere, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to get home because I'm behind. I'm always behind because I'm always doing everything last minute. But <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Wait a minute. Wh- what inspiration is right here on the interstate? It's like people are interesting. Places are interesting. What what billboards am I seeing? What does that make me think of? Oh, I didn't get anything from that. Let me try this. So I've been noticing that is growing for myself because I feel like in a lot of ways it has to because my list of things to do is not getting shorter. And it won't. <laughs> yeah, it's like I keep trying to optimize <laughs> as much as I can. But like you said, it's like you can only optimize so much. Like eventually it's like you got to do those things. So I find myself getting frustrated with that. I find myself like sometimes running into that, like, oh, how how do I do this work if I have to, you know, keep checking this inbox? Like I have two emails and I keep trying to combine two, but I'm like, no, they both serve separate purposes. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> and I, it drives me, it drives me so wild. And I'm like, how can I, you know, just try to narrow it all down? And it's like, or... It's like, hey, Morgan, you write a lot about overwhelm. There's a lot of people in your community who feel that as well. So maybe that's what you need to write about. (laughs) It's like, maybe that's it. It's like, maybe it's not always about clearing the decks, but about recognizing that there's a lot of people with a lot of things going on in their decks right now. And even just being someone that says, hey, I've got a lot going on. I know what it feels like to have a lot going on. 
sometimes that alone helps somebody feel seen. And yeah, it's kind of like going back to what we were talking about in the beginning of our conversation, like so much of your work that resonates for other people is drawn from your own daily personal experience. First of all, I want to just say, I love the real talk about, you know, having this app and knowing that you have this deadline every week and deadlines often, you know, they're good for people like us who have a lot going on. And I also have some ADHD in me and, and I'm just realizing that now as an adult, it's actually my partner who's been pointing it out to me lately, but I love the real talk. Like, yeah, I put that stuff off to the last minute because I'm busy and I'm always looking for the perfect thing to say. So that's just, I think it's important for people to hear because a lot of people will look at your app or your Instagram and what they see looks finished. And even though you're talking about your feelings and how your day's going or whatever. And I also love what you said about this kind of like one way to integrate wholeness into your life is to take those moments where you wish you were in the future, like Mm -hmm. not in traffic or when your kid was asleep, when you were going to have peace and quiet to make work knowing that like actually in the present moment I'm here. So what can I, what am I feeling now? Yeah. What am I seeing now? And how can that be inspiration for my work? Yeah. Obviously you need your iPad in a quiet spot to draw. Yeah. But I think so often we live like in the future Mm -hmm. and part of wholeness is being like, I'm going to be present and my life right now might feel a little chaotic, but it's yeah. it's part of my whole life. And so what's happening for me right now? It's so true. I, I had a series that I wrote a few weeks ago where, yeah, I was, what you just said was, I've never been able to say it that way. And I'm like, oh, that's so what I, what I struggle with. You're like waiting to the last minute because you want the perfect thing to say. Okay. I do that all the time. <laughs> and I did that. I was doing that a few weeks ago and I pushed it to the very last minute and I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And I was so, and I felt bad because I lost a lot of time to TikTok. I was embarrassed to say, and I was like, you know what? I actually learned a lot from different things. I, so I actually went on TikTok and I went to things that I favorited and I actually wrote how those pieces spoke to me. And I made like a little journal entry and that ended up inspiring the whole thing. And that really stood out to me because I was like, oh, wow. In that moment where, you know, I have conditioned myself to say, oh, you shouldn't be on social media, just scrolling on TikTok. How dare you? And of course, you know, screen time, obviously that's an issue. But I was like, I wrote that off as that was all that was there. But it's like, actually, when I come back to it, though, I find that sometimes there's inspiration hiding in these places. And not even just inspiration, there's wisdom that we're gathering from unlikely places. And I I just like to think about that, like whether making art or not, I like to think that, wow, there's moments of my life where I thought I was just running an errand or answering a phone call that ended up having some some connection to something else that I may or may not even see, but it's all a part of this whole picture in some way. And yeah, that's just, I just like thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I read somewhere in an interview with you, you were talking about, you know, kind of Instagram being this place where you've really built community with other people. And I'm sure that's happening now on TikTok as well. Can you talk a little bit about, so you've got this art practice, which helps you stay grounded because you're really writing about your own experience. You're reminding yourself of your wholeness and of, you know, so much of what you write about is like, there's no rush. Mm-hmm. Even if there's something wrong with you, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're okay. That's pretty much it right there. That's my, <laughs> that's my whole thesis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I just, I appreciate that sort of like, and I understand completely this, this idea of like, making work and writing about things that I, you know, that I need to be reminded of myself, like none of my work. I think part of the reason that I, that my work resonates for a lot of people. And I think this is probably true for you too, is because we're not preachy about it where I, I actually make a real point to not write about anything that I don't have personal experience with. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to understand that even if you're a practitioner of present moment living or, wholeness or a practitioner of, you know, self-love, that doesn't mean that you love yourself every minute. It's just, you know, you're constantly 
it's like a constant cycle of of learning and growth. And again, you never arrive, right? Yeah. And I think people understanding that the journey of that work is what is going to help you have m- more humor about your situation, more ease, more connection with other people, sort of knowing that other people are going through it too, which is gets me to my original point, which is basically like you put your own stuff out there to now like almost 2 million people, which has got to like cause you to take some deep breaths sometimes, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. And I mean, I have a quarter of as many followers, which is still a lot. And I take those deep breaths myself. And yet I have to remind myself that in my sharing, and I know this is true for you because your, your words help me in my sharing, I'm helping other people, you know, have more grace with themselves or be like, ah, I'm not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And social media gets such a bad rap, right? Because like, there are so many things about it that are damaging and people who are trolls and all those things, but it gives us so many gifts. Mm -hmm. So talk about what that's been like for you in the last few years that you're, you know, you're like, you have this huge audience and you're sharing so much about, you know, not super personal details. I mean, Mm -hmm. you are sharing a lot of personal stuff about, you know, ADHD and, and about autism, but like just generally like admitting that you don't have it figured out, but that you're granting yourself some grace. Like, what is that Mm -hmm. like for you to have people be like, Oh my God, your words are like helping me get through my day. Yeah, it's, you know, it never, it never stops being really surreal to me. But I I think the biggest, the biggest thing that I get, honestly, from the internet, it sounds so strange to say, but it is healing my inner child. I mean, it's daily, like, I, I try to get emotional about it. But like, when I think about like, how freaking lonely 14 year old Morgan was, I mean, if you had told her, like, wait a minute, you're not going to believe this, but you're going to share these super specific things <laughs> that you're interested in with the world. And there's going to be people out there who are just as interested in it. And they're going to be excited about it with you. I would have been like, what universe is that? <laughs> like, There's no way that that's what this leads to. I, and that's honestly what keeps me coming back. You know, I've been, I've been exploring some new formats even like comic books is something that I've just been super interested in and that was an area of my life that I shut off because I was like that wasn't something that I saw people like me doing and it and I just kind of got the message indirectly a lot of times like yeah that's that's for kids you know leave that alone and it's just been really good to see even just the subtle small things that I've shared people connecting with it and feeling like they see themselves in it. It's, I don't, I think that just would have been way harder to to have that experience outside of the internet. Not impossible, but I just think much harder. So I'm so grateful. And I think anybody who has special interests or things that are just very dear to them and they may feel like they're silly or that they're, you know, maybe people in your immediate circle just aren't able to go there with you. I think it's so important to have those spaces. So for me, that's what I, what I find. And that's, that's the part of the social media that I try to hang out on. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a similar kind of story. I, and for those of you who haven't listened to it, it's, I talk about this a lot in episode one of my podcast, but, and by the way, you're episode 30 Morgan. So oh, um, I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> anyway, I grew up kind of feeling invisible and not special and like really kind of like pushed a lot of things down and away. And when I started making art and sharing it and discovering that my words and the things that I was making were resonating with people and that people grew to not just love my art, but love me as a person, like even a person they don't know personally, but admire. Like if you had told eight-year-old Lisa, yeah, same thing. Someday, so many people are going to appreciate you and how you show up in the world. And that B, you're, you're going to show up in the world in a way that feels meaningful. I don't even know that I could have wrapped my head around it. Wow. So yeah, I, I found such a great community of people. And like you, I not a day goes by when I don't pinch myself and I'm not 
grateful. It can also be overwhelming, right? Like yeah. there's never, nothing is ever completely light or completely dark, right? Yeah. Like there's a dark side to everything and there's a light side to everything. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah. sometimes it can feel overwhelming. And I just, you know, my last episode, the first episode of season two was with Sophie Gamond and she talked a lot about, you know, building this internet following and then, and then getting really burned out and wanting to, you know, shut that off for a while and go kind of like do her creative practice off of the internet. Mm-hmm. And there are days when I, I'm like, ah, oh, that would be really cool for a period of time. But I also feel really lucky that I found my art career and the same is true for you at a time when the internet, you know, has this platform where people like you and me can share what we yeah. do because five, 10, well, maybe not five years ago, but like <laughs> 10, 20, yeah. 30 years ago, that wasn't the case. It was, yeah. And it was so not that long ago. Like I actually found when I was in college pre, I mean, MySpace existed when I was in college, but other than that, there wasn't a ton of social media. I found where I was going to the computer lab and, and I was printing off my photography in like little black and white squares like Instagram. <laughs> and I was just hanging it up in my dorm room. Like <laughs> For nobody else to see other than me. I just find that so funny. Like, I was like, that was just like five minutes ago. I was doing that. And here we are. Now I'm able to share it with other, in my roommate was probably like, what are you doing? (laughs) But um, yeah, I'm just super grateful for it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And you know, that's the thing. It's like this thing that has given me a career basically and a source of income and a community, like all these things that I value, you know, is also hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm constantly trying to figure out how to like show up, but also take care of myself. Yeah. And I see you doing the same thing. Yeah. And that makes me feel less alone that you're, you know, you and other people who use the internet as a way to connect to people. We also need to take time to ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And we also need to retreat for periods of time. Yeah. And like, I feel like, you know, our work is better when we do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have one last question for you and that is how can we, and I'm me, you, everyone who's listening, how can we reconnect with our wholeness? Like what advice do you have for people who are feeling fragmented or broken or like parts of themselves they just wish didn't exist or parts of their histories they wish they could erase? Like what advice do you have for people for kind of like leaning into your wholeness? Yeah. You know, just speaking from what I've been experiencing is that amidst all of the burnout that I've dealt with and discouragement and even just, you know, the deeper kind of psychological stuff that as a result of me being diagnosed with autism as an adult, like there's been a whole lot. And at times I feel like I need to address all these other things, you know, before I move forward. But one thing that I have been able to do and I'm super grateful for is, and I I would just love to invite others to figure out what this is for them is to figure out like what, what kind of new small things can you start because I think a lot of times what ends up happening is like, we'll end up starting something kind of just innocently in a small way. And then like years from now, we see how, oh, that was actually a part of me healing my inner child. Or, you know, that was a part of me. Oh, I see why I see now why I wanted to do that. So I think just take the pressure off yourself. It's like, if you're just like, I don't know. I just really feel like I want to go to the library. Just go, like, just go. And who knows, like maybe a year or two from now, it'll lead to something like that you never would have imagined. So, uh, you know, I think it's important that we, you know, do our work with a therapist and, you know, all those, you know, different things that we kind of have to do on a deeper level. But I also think there's this playfulness that, that we get to kind of invite ourselves into. and, And maybe it's through the path of like some, specific new art practice like crocheting like last night I was I was like man I haven't crocheted in like over a decade and I was just like I think I want to do that and just regular like yeah who knows maybe I'll that'll lead to something years from now that I'll be so glad that I did that and it created a path a connection a community that I wasn't even prepared for so yeah just let yourself find some little invitation to just follow your curiosity and, and just see, see where it leads you. 
yeah, I love this idea of following urges and just recognizing too that it's not too late. I think that mm-hmm. even young folks listening who are in their 20s and 30s are like, ugh, my time is over, or that train left the station and I forgot to get on, or I decided not to get on. Mm-hmm. So maybe that train did leave, but there's another train. Yeah. And I think so often the paths that we follow start with these inner urges, right? Yeah. That we suppress, ignore, talk ourselves out of, and living more sort of like in that place of going down those rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so important because you never know where they will lead. And I think if there is such a thing as feeling actualized as a human being, like wholly actualized, it is allowing ourselves to follow those urges, even if the inner critic inside or the inner parent is like, that would never work. Or Mm -hmm. in your case, you know, I know you're, you're really into kind of exploring comics again, for the first time since you were younger, and you really had to sort of like, give yourself permission to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know that because we talked about it when we were hanging out a few weeks ago and, and now, you know, that may lead to nothing. And I'm not saying that because I'm just saying, right. Yeah. (laughs) But it might lead to something you don't know. And that's the thing. Yeah. And I think that's actually a good sign that you found something that's worth pursuing. Cause I, I honestly approach this whole comic book thing. I'm like, this could be a total flop, but I'm having a blast. Like, yeah. you know, I'm like, that to me is how I know I found something that is not about like the success or the outcome, but about what it's doing to me in the process. So, right. Yeah. And so when you talk about following your curiosity or your urges, it's like following that place inside of yourself that sparks joy that is like, ah, I feel this thing. And I want to, I want to explore this yeah. and kind of seeing where that goes. And, and maybe it doesn't go anywhere and yeah. that's okay. So then you just follow the next one. Yeah. I love that so much. Keep making circles. Yes. Making circles. <laughs> Keep making up. I love it. Keep making circles. Morgan, thank you so much for spending the last hour with me. Of it is such a delight always to talk to you and you are incredibly generous with your time and your wisdom, not just here now in this conversation, but always like Mm -hmm. in how you show up in the world. And I just really appreciate you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you as well. I I really do. This was just such a wonderful thing to do in the middle of the day. I love it. (laughs) Awesome. And I will link to all things Morgan Harper Nichols in the show notes. So people who maybe don't know who you are, haven't followed you on Instagram or don't follow you on Pinterest or TikTok can find you. So yes, so you can experience some of her magic. Thank you, Morgan. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Editing of this podcast by the amazing Gabe Garber. Thanks to Nick Lambert for the original music and to my amazing team at the CoLoop Podcast Network. Please subscribe to the Lisa Congdon Sessions on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy what you hear, leave me a review. You can follow me on social media at Lisa Congdon and at the Lisa Congdon Sessions. I hope you'll join me for future episodes. Have a magical day, everyone.